Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi there, I'm Josh Raymond, and welcome to the Inner Life here on this Wednesday. Uh, Let me ask you, are you an outgoing person? Is it easy for you to talk with other people? It doesn't matter if you're meeting them for the first time. You're just able to strike up that conversation and enjoy the experience. Or are you more reserved? Are you an introvert? You'd rather only talk with the people that you already know. Definitely not be in the spotlight. Well, regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, if you're a Catholic, if you're a follower of Jesus, then it's part of your job to share what you believe and introduce others to Christ. And people might do that in a variety of ways. One example you might remember is back in 2009, during the college football national championship that year, Tim Tebow, he was the quarterback for the University of Florida, and knowing that the game would be televised nationally, he ended up painting John 3.16 under his eyes. Uh, Do you remember that? I I do. I I didn't watch the whole game, but I do remember also seeing the news the next day about uh, Tim Tebow having that under his eyes. As a result of him having that painted, Uh, People seeing him on television for that game, more than 94 million people Googled that verse to look up and see what John 3.16 says. And that verse, John 3.16, it's been connected with sporting events for decades. You've probably seen someone in the stands of some televised sports broadcast holding up a sign that reads John 3.16. One of the most famous people to hold a John 3.16 sign is a person by the name of Roland Stewart. And Roland, in the 70s and 80s, he would show up at different sporting events wearing a big fuzzy rainbow wig, and he would dance around holding that John 3.16 sign. And Roland would appear again and again at different stadiums, different venues. And it's actually believed that people who wanted to help evangelize, they would donate tickets so that he could sit in these strategic positions, places in the stands where he would be guaranteed to see, be seen somewhere in the background of the action that was happening on the field. And Roland went beyond just sports broadcasts. He started showing up at other popular cultural events, going so far as to even get in front of the camera at the royal wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Diana. So he was all over the place. But a lot of people have done that. So That reference for that Bible verse, John 3.16, it's been seen again and again throughout our contemporary American and Western culture. And if you went to Mass this morning, or maybe you'll go a little later today, you'll hear that gospel reading, and John 3.16 is the very first verse that you'll hear in that gospel reading. Myself, uh, being a convert, I grew up as a Baptist, and going to Sunday school as a Baptist, this was one of the very first Bible verses that I memorized, and I learned the King James Version of it. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now this verse 
which refers to that kind of core Christian belief that God the Father has sent his son Jesus to live and to die so that we might have that hope of eternal life in heaven. This verse has been considered by so many people uh, throughout all of Christendom uh, to be the best simple summing up of the Christian faith that you can find in the Bible, especially in one verse. So it's been used as this regular tool to evangelize. And while this is a great introduction to the basics of Christian belief, there's obviously a lot more that the Catholic Church teaches, the different doctrines, the different dogmas of our faith. So today we want to look at how we can talk to others about our faith, especially when we live in a society that might not be as friendly or as receptive as it used to be to the message of the gospel. But even if the culture is not interested in hearing about Christianity, as I said, we all have that responsibility. We all have that, that uh, responsibility to carry out that message to the world. And we hear that very directly at the end of St. Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus gives us that charge. It's called the Great Commission, that we're supposed to go out to all, make disciples of all nations. We're supposed to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we're all called to do that. So how do you share your faith with others? When have you had that success, maybe in talking with someone, about what you believe as a Catholic? And if you're more of an introvert, especially, how have you found ways to work and build the kingdom of God? Uh, that's what we want to look at today, and we're going to do that with Father Jeremy Plouffe, one of our spiritual directors. He's a priest in the Diocese of St. Cloud, and he's been there for the past seven years, serving as a priest, a pastor of three parishes. And Father Jeremy, welcome back to The Inner Life today. Thanks so much, Josh. It's good to be back. And as we look at this concept of evangelizing, uh, like I say, it's something we're all called to do, um, and we do live in a little different world where the apostles, when they first went out to spread the gospel message, um, they were introducing a brand new message to everyone. But most people that we probably know, at least most Americans or most people in English-speaking countries, to some degree or another, they're going to be familiar with the story of Jesus— so what do you think maybe uh, for us is the most important message that we should carry out to those in our society who already know at least a little something about Christianity? Uh, how should we approach being a witness to the faith, evangelizing those around us? I think that's a great question to start us off with. Uh, my mind goes uh, straight to St. Paul in his first letter to the Thessalonians where he talks about Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in all circumstances, give thanks. And, and when we're thinking about, like, okay, if, if I'm going to actually be a Christian in the real world and not just in my own mind, that's where I would start us off with, is recall that implicit in what St. Paul is saying here, action is required. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. And with that as, as our foundation, that's a good place to start. If we begin with that, uh, th then we have a good springboard to say, okay, so now what am I going to do? If I'm going to say, I'm happy to be a Christian, I'm rejoicing, I'm practicing as a Christian, I'm praying, I'm giving thanks, so I'm recognizing that it's not me, it's someone bigger than me who's in charge. 
Now, with that in mind, I think we'd be able to say, all right, with people who might at least tacitly be familiar with, there's this person, Jesus, who a lot of us believe is God risen from the dead. Now we have an in with our own conscience, with our own sort of, a, how do you say it, with, with our own sort of inhibitions to say, all right, if I'm praying, I'm rejoicing, and I'm giving thanks, now I can share that celebratory message with others. Yeah, as you talk about that rejoicing, praying, give thanks, uh, the first and the third word there, rejoice and give thanks, it makes me think at the very end of the opening uh, section of the Sermon on the Mount, the beginning of the fifth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, where we have the Beatitudes, and at the very end of that, then Jesus says, rejoice and be glad or give thanks. Um, when you are persecuted, when they utter every kind of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad your reward will be great in heaven. Josh, I'm really glad you brought that up, because one of the things I was going to bring up later on in the hour was exactly what follows just after that. Right after the Beatitudes are done, Christ, it's almost uh, implicit in Matthew 5, where, where Christ, after finishing the blessed are these people and blessed are those people, it's almost like you can picture him looking around at the crowd, and he finishes it in Matthew five sixteen by saying, all will see the deeds that you do. And then it's from your example that others will learn to love God the Father. And, and that's a big push for all of us faithful. Christ is counting on us to share the gospel with others. All will see the deeds that you do, the actions that you do. And from your example, that's how others are going to learn to love God the Father. Okay, so let's hold on to that idea of that example, because I want to get back to that. But I also want to talk about that idea of uh, being a witness in a hostile environment. So going back to that, when they insult you and persecute you, I know right before the broadcast we were talking just a little, and you thought uh, the the story of Esther is a really good way for us to look at that and be able to say, here are some good uh, applications we can put into our own lives. Sure. Thanks. Thank you, Josh. So uh, I'll just give a, a, a short wind-up to Esther's situation for those who might not remember Esther's story in the Old Testament. Now, this is where uh, the Hebrews have been scattered out of Israel. And in the Persian Empire, Esther, through a, a, a couple of uh, steps, becomes queen of Persia. She's married to the king. The king is a pagan. Esther is secretly Jewish. Nobody really knows. Uh, as the circumstances uh, happen, the king and one of the king's friends named Haman, uh, they decide that uh, for complicated reasons, we, the king and Haman, are going to order that all of the Jewish people in the Persian Empire are going to be killed on this upcoming date. And so this puts Esther in a monumentally difficult position because no one really knows that she, the queen, is actually Jewish, one of the Hebrews. The only person in the story that really knows it is her uncle Mordecai, who has fallen out of favor with the king. And so Esther then has this really difficult moment where she is in a hostile environment, something that's hostile to belief in Almighty God, that says even we're going to kill the people who are God's chosen ones. And so Esther is weighing her situation. You know, if I keep my mouth shut, she thinks, then at least I'll survive uh, however, if I reveal myself and try to stop the king from killing all the Jews, then she might herself 
receive the same fate that is uh, promised to the Jewish people by the king. And so she ends up having this really powerful conversation with her uncle Mordecai, where Esther is beside herself just wondering, what on earth am I supposed to do? And Mordecai gives her the, these really profound words that I, that I hope echo in the heart of every single Christian living in the 21st century. Mordecai says to his niece, the queen, Mordecai says, Esther, maybe this is the very reason that you were made the queen. Maybe Almighty God in his divine providence made you queen of Persia for this very moment so that you could step in and convert others, that you could step in and stop evil from happening. It's a huge moment in the story. It's the pinnacle of the excitement of the story, really. And for me, I think when I look around at difficult situations that Christians are put in around the country, I mean, e even within the past couple of years, some really difficult situations that even nuns have been put in in our own country, I hear these words of Esther ringing in my own heart, where she says, maybe now is the time, maybe the situation you're in, God put you there so that you could be a witness for others and stop evil from happening, helping others to learn to be faithful. Hmm. Yeah, Esther is such a beautiful story, too, of you know just her then moving forward and saying, if this is where I die, at least I've tried to do something. You know, her her uh, cousin Mordecai ends up telling her, "Don't don't think you'll get away from this just because you're the queen." You know, uh, if if yes. you don't stand up for your people here, then you will most likely be found out, and you'll probably die. But it also goes on to where she she is able to then persuade the king. He, he can't change an edict that he's given, but he's able to say, no, we can write another uh, edict to follow along with it that says, you can defend yourself. You don't just have to be uh, open to being slaughtered that day. But being that kind of reluctant person, we see that over and over and over again throughout salvation history. You know, Moses is a great example there in front of the burning bush. Um, I, I get the impression that David, you know, the king that everybody in all of Israel's history ever after then looks back and says this is kind of the pinnacle of our history here with King David, the man after God's own heart. I get the impression that he would have been fine just being that uh, shepherd out on the hill, uh, watching the sheep, writing his psalms, and didn't necessarily have some huge desire to be the king of Israel. You know, he, he stepped into that role and followed after God called him, after uh, the prophet Samuel came and anointed him. But that also is probably something a lot of us experience in our own lives, being that reluctant person saying, uh, I know there's this opportunity. <laughs> I know that I could do this. I don't know if I really want to put myself out there. Absolutely. And, and I think it's it's one of those things uh, to even be brave in the awkward situation where, uh, unlike King David, uh, most of us are not are not going to face that situation of like, are you going to lead the entire nation into faithfulness 
uh, or, or to uh, calamity. Uh, fortunately for us, most of us, uh, most of the time, will be called to bravely lead us into an awkward situation. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's one of those things where even myself, as, as a priest, you know, we all have a family, we all have our group of friends, same as everyone else, and and sometimes it, it just feels like, oh no, here comes that awkward situation where someone might just make a comment that I, I can't let go without a response that says, you know, the holy faith has something important to say about that, or even just a, a common situation where we happen to bump into, where it's it's I can feel Christ nudging me on the back of my shoulder saying, all right, this is that awkward situation, right? Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable, but you have to be brave enough to say the right thing rather than to just let it go and hope the awkwardness goes away with it. Yeah, and you've you said that word a couple of times, brave. And there's one part in St. Paul's letter to Timothy, I think it's the second letter, where he says that, that uh, talking to Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice or fear or timidity, are, are some of the different words I've read translated there, but of power and love and self-control. Those are the things that God has given us. So, you know, even if we are naturally shy or if we're not an outgoing person, if we're that introvert and we want to stand up, there is that difference between being uh, fearful or being cowardly or being timid and can you talk about how even if we are shy, we can have that confidence that this does not equate to being afraid of being a witness for Christ in the church? Absolutely. And, and I, I think I would even add to what you're quoting from Second uh, Timothy, uh, when, when, when St. Paul says, fight the good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. It, it's one of these things of, of it's... Uh, we can all feel ourselves that shy moment or like, I, I'd rather not say anything or, or even at least where I come from in the upper Midwest, where we talk about this, this politeness, where it's, it's not my place to say anything kind of thing. And, and it's, it's, it's looking at St. Paul's letter to Timothy, second letter to Timothy and, and just the call of the gospel to be able to be brave enough to simply say, you know what? I saw this happen or I heard you say this. And, and you know, the, the church has a strong moral teaching on all sorts of things and especially the important things that are really going to make sure that we're on track to getting into heaven. Yeah, and those can lead to those awkward moments, those awkward conversations where we're trying to present the truth, where we're trying to be uh, an ambassador for Christ in that situation, <laughs> but it can be... There's St. Paul again. Uh-huh. Yep, that's exactly right, being that ambassador for Christ. Our spiritual director today is Father Jeremy Plouffe. He's a priest in the Arch in the Diocese of St. Cloud, pastor of three parishes there in western Minnesota. And we're talking about being a witness for Christ, being that bold witness. So how do you share your faith with others? When have you had that success in talking with someone about what you believe as a Catholic? Uh, if you're more of an introvert, if you're not one of those people who uh, just talks easily with others, how have you found ways that you can work and build the kingdom of God? You can call and share how you've done that in your own life. Our studio line is open right now, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We'll have more on evangelizing, on being a witness for Christ in the Church right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forrester.
If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife@relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Jeremy Plouffe. And Father Jeremy is a priest in the Diocese of St. Cloud. We're talking about evangelizing, about being that bold witness for Christ uh, to those in our society, those around us, those that we have that influence to uh, share our faith with. And you can share how you've been able to do that in your own life, how you've been able to share that faith with others around you. When have, when have you had that success in talking with someone about what you believe as a Catholic, and especially if maybe you're that shy person, if you don't like interacting with other people that you don't know, or you don't like to get into, you know, any of those awkward conversations like we were talking about with Father Jeremy, uh, how have you been able to find ways to grow and build the kingdom in your own life? You can give us a call here in the studio, 888-914-9149, or email innerlife@relevantradio.com. Again, that phone number, 888-914-9149. And Father Jeremy, uh, we talked a little about the uh, where Jesus continues the Sermon on the Mount right after the Beatitudes, and he talks about how we're to be the salt of the earth, or we're the the light of the world. You know, we're supposed to uh, take that message out. We're supposed to be a witness. And so I wanted to get back to that idea of being that example in what we do, not just in what we say, because my personal experience in conversations with people that I know, that I've talked to, the two most common objections to coming to Mass, to coming to church on Sundays, uh, getting involved. Uh, I'm sure there's other underlying reasons, but the two most common objections that I've heard from people are that, number one, Christians are frauds or they're hypocrites. They don't live out what they say they believe. The second one is that the church is always asking for money. Maybe we can we can look at that in a minute and, and uh, you know set set the record straight on that too. Um, but that first objection, let's talk about the importance of our actions, our behaviors, being a strong way to evangelize without actually ever having to say a word to someone. My own idea, but I remember uh, somebody sending me a meme years and years ago. Uh, that uh, uh, resp- was trying to respond to this this objection or this criticism that you're talking about, that the church is full of hypocrites or something like this. Uh, the meme said something to the effect of uh, saying that uh, the church is full of hypocrites is like saying a gym is full of chubby people. You know, it, that's what it's for. You know, it's, it, the gym is meant to help get us in shape, and the church is meant to get us you know, spiritually in shape. And so th- there is something to be said about... Uh, the actions that we do. And I think of as a really fun example, when I was still in high school, this really moved me. A really great friend of mine invited a bunch of us over uh, to his home on a Saturday. And I just assumed it was, hey, let's just take a break from school and homework and have a nice Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening at one of our buddies' houses. But the, the purpose of this party was to celebrate, and I, I don't remember, was it the 
birthday of John Paul II, or if it was the anniversary of his election uh, to the papacy. And so when I got there, you can imagine my surprise. I thought we were just going to hang out and have, you know, just a fun afternoon, but uh, which we ended up doing. But the purpose of him getting us together, all a bunch of our buddies, was to celebrate uh, John Paul II. Like I say, I can't remember, was it his birthday or was it the anniversary of his election as Pope? And, and that really, really moved me to recognize my friend, clearly takes the holy faith very seriously that he planned an afternoon with some of our good friends and and while of course always getting together with your friends is is a good time you know what what a witness that was just in itself to say i got us together to celebrate uh john paul ii and that that was something that still moves me all these years later yeah you know i uh I remember my mom, who is not Catholic, she's still Baptist, but she told me at one point she had a, um, a wife of a co-worker where she worked. She was an office manager and uh, did, you know, accounting work and, and whatever for this construction firm in the town where we lived. And she said, oh my goodness, I I can't believe what happened here because this wife of one of the workers came in and said, hey, I just wanted you to know that coming up this Easter, I'm going to be baptized, I'm going to enter into this church. I don't even know what church it was, but uh, this woman told my mom that <laughs> I really basically started going to church, and I'm having this conversion. I'm, I'm entering into the Christian faith because of watching you. And my mom wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't wow. talk about her faith at work. It was just simply everybody knew that she was a Christian, and my mom said, that scared me to death that people are watching me that closely, because what happens if I do mess up, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that's, that's a wonderful thing. And, and, and what, what a cool story that is as well, uh, to just recognize, you know, like we, we're, we need to be consistent because, you know, who knows that moment that we didn't even realize was the key moment for somebody else. Just our simple practice of the holy faith might be all that somebody else needs to take the dive in. Yeah, and looking for those opportunities where you also can be able to be a witness. And it might even be to somebody like you, you, you said yourself, you know, you were Catholic. It wasn't that they had to convince you of the truth of the Catholic Church, but being that witness that allows someone to see, oh, you know what, it's, it's okay to actually do more than just go to Mass on Sunday. I can actually deepen my relationship with Christ or with the Blessed Mother. I can actually pray. I can, I can celebrate these different things, like the, whether it was the birthday or the um, anniversary of John Paul II's election to the papacy. There's those opportunities where we can have an impact on even people that they don't need to be introduced to Christ. They might just need a little encouragement that you can take your relationship a little deeper. Absolutely. And one of the fun things that, that I've seen as a priest, too, is, is so many people who I might not notice as especially involved in Mass. You know, at, at, some people, whether it's introvert or for whatever reason, are, are not interested in volunteering as, as a lector or a Eucharistic minister, an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. Uh, but then, you know, having 
spoken with them as their pastor, I find out that they're very, very consistent at the homeless shelter or helping out at the food shelf because it's they do have lots of action behind their faith, even if it's not something that's so... Uh, you might call it flashy or public, as a lector at mass might be. But these these other ways where they realize, you know, my faith is so important. I do need to make sure there's action behind it. Whether it is, like your mother's story, that was a real. I still am just moved by that story of just someone else, a coworker, uh, moved to become baptized because of of your mother's example, um, or just you know behind the scenes you might say of look I'm not gonna be a lector at mass but I'm I'm more than happy to help out at the food shelf or the homeless shelter, Th- those things right there re- really demonstrate that the faith has been working in you and it's it's a good witness it's a really good witness to others. Our spiritual director is Father Jeremy Plouffe today, and we're talking about being that witness for Christ in our lives, whether it's through our actions or through our words. And so how do you share your faith with others? When have you had that uh, time that you've been able to talk with someone about what you believe as a Catholic? How did it go? If you're more of that shy person, that introvert, how have you found those ways to work and build the kingdom of God? You can give us a call at 888-914-9149. That again is 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go to Cynthia. She's listening in Austin, Texas. Hi, Cynthia. Welcome to The Inner Life. Good morning, y'all. Um, that, that was a moving story about your mom. Um, I'll just say real quick, I'm a server, and I work for IHOP, actually, and I have just many, many opportunities to share my faith and my witness. Um, people that I work with, uh, they're going to get a calendar. Every, every After every Christmas, every New Year, people I work with are going to get a calendar. Uh, for quite a few years, I've been passing out Divine Mercy cards and uh, prayer cards of the Immaculate Heart of Mary to customers. This is when I'm cashing them out, and uh, I had some beautiful experience. I've never had anybody say, no, I don't want that. I've had maybe five people in five years leave them on the table, but they never say anything bad. And um, I'll just say real quick, one quick story. There was three ladies that uh, came in. It was a mother who looked like she was in her maybe late 80s. She was very elderly, very fragile looking with her two grown daughters. And it was like I could just feel it in my heart give it to give a card to the mother. But she looked so <laughs> like she wasn't in a good mood, like she did not want to be there. She never looked at me. She just looked down, ate her one pancake. And finally, right before they left, I asked the daughter, may I give your mother something? And she said, sure. And I set it down in front of her, and she lit up like a Christmas tree. I couldn't even believe it. I was just just amazed. She looked up at me, and her blue eyes just twinkled, and she smiled, and she said, thank you. Thank you so much. And I was just like, yeah, I was just so touched and moved. I'm like, okay, the Lord knows. Let me listen, you know. So, and those kind of things, sometimes people will see my scapular and they'll say, what is that? And I'll, let me tell you about the Virgin Mary. <laughs> so I'm not an introvert, but uh, I don't want to take too much time because I've called before and I want to hear some other stories, but that's it. So thank you guys for the great program. Y'all have a great day. 
Thank you, Cynthia. And, and what, a, what an incredible witness there to be handing out divine mercy and, and other holy cards. And, and I, I think in those, those moments, too, where you see uh, that, that very nice woman who, who must have been having some sort of a bad day or bad mood for whatever reason, you know, this could be the moment glorious, uh, not to just do something as simple as, hey, you know, give you, let's give you a pick-me-up so you feel a little bit better for the next hour. But, but to recognize, hey, even in our, our sad days or dark times, that Christ is here with us still. That is the reason for our hope, that Christ is still with us. I, I think that's, that's really something incredible that, that to your colleagues that, that you work with and, and to others that you're able to, to offer them a, a real witness of how important the faith is to you. And, and even in those times where all of us might say like, oh, someone's in a bad mood, I might want to avoid that person. Uh, I, I'm really inspired, Cynthia, for you to jump in there and say, hey, someone's in a bad mood. Perhaps there's something I can do to make sure they recognize Christ is still with them right now. Yeah. You know, my experience on that, too, Father, has been that if I encounter somebody who is upset over something, uh, especially if they start attacking me for whatever reason, you know, they're upset and, and they're going after me, you, you can't do it just as kind of a non sequitur, but if there's that opening where you can say, boy, you seem really upset about this, um, you know, is there something going on? And especially if you offer to pray for that person, if you just let them know, hey, I'd be happy to pray for you with whatever's going on, you can watch that change. You can hear it in their voice. You can see it in their face that all of a sudden, you know, they realize, oh, this person is not my enemy they actually want what is best for me, and they're on my side. And that right there can be such an opening um, to just have that that ability then to, even if right then at that point you're not necessarily talking about what you believe as a Catholic, just offering to pray for somebody can really open that door for later down the road. Josh, I think that's much better than I could have ever said it. I, I think there's there's really a profound thing to help people realize that Christians are, are not here to try to win an argument, so to speak. We're, we're not here to say, well, you say this and we say that, and we have all of our evidences supporting our own point of view. We're not trying to, to beat you with an argument. You know, we're trying to get other people into eternal life, to eternal happiness. And, and I agree with you. Once we, we have some sort of a softening where we can help people see we're not trying to win an argument with you. We're trying to get you to heaven. That That's a huge, huge help for them uh, to be able to realize, okay, I, it's not like I'm losing an argument to the Christian here. This Christian <laughs> I'm realizing now is, is trying to help. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that makes me think of uh, St. Paul. Boy, we've been quoting St. Paul all over the place today here. But um, <laughs> that famous part in his, uh, I think it's the 13th chapter of his first letter to the Corinthians where he talks about love. Uh, and he says, if I speak with angelic tones, or if I understand all mysteries, and I can, I can preach in amazing ways, but I don't have love, I'm this clanging gong or noisy symbol. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't go anywhere if I'm not doing it because I, I have love, you know? So that, that having that love for your fellow human, for that person that you're talking to, it really does go a long way in making that message hit home in a way that it wouldn't if, like you say, Father, you're just trying to win an argument. (laughs) Holy Apostle Paul for the win, every time. Every time. (laughs) 
All right. We're talking with Father Jeremy Plouffe here on The Inner Life today. He's a priest in the Diocese of St. Cloud, pastor of three parishes there in western Minnesota, talking about how we can evangelize, how we can share our faith with others. How do you do that in your own life? Where have you had those opportunities? Where have you had that success in being able to talk with someone about what you believe as a Catholic, especially if you're an introvert? And that's kind of where I fall. I am not an outgoing person. Uh, For some reason, God decided that I was going to be, you know, on, on the radio, but I'm not an outgoing person. So how have you found in those ways that work to build the kingdom of God in your own life? We're going to take your calls right after the break. Linda, you're up next, so stay out with us. And you too, you can give us a call and share your experience at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. And we'll be back right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, and thank you for listening to The Inner Life. If you didn't catch any of our early conversation here today as we're looking about uh, evangelizing, sharing our faith, you can always go back and listen to the podcast at RelevantRadio.com or through the Relevant Radio app. And I hope you'll join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life. We're going to look at uh, being healthy, both spiritually and mentally. We've gone through a lot here that's taken a toll on so many of us during the pandemic. And so we're going to look at how to maintain that spiritual and that mental health in our lives. Uh, But today we are talking about evangelizing, sharing our faith. When have you had that time that you've been able to share your faith with somebody else? Have that conversation. How did it go? Uh, if If you're not somebody who is just so easy with, you know, being in that extroverted situation, not being in the spotlight. How have you found those ways to work for the kingdom of God? Our spiritual director is Father Jeremy Plouffe, a priest in the Diocese of St. Cloud. And Father Jeremy, let's go back to the phones. We've got Linda, who is calling in from Michigan. Hi, Linda. How are you today? Linda, you there? Uh, looks like uh, we'll check and see. If we can get her back. Uh, let's go then to Sue. Sue is listening to us in Modesto, California. Hi, Sue. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Uh, hello. Um, my name is Sue, and uh, I'm a returning Catholic, but I was born and raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school, and I rebuilt it. I mean, like, the nun didn't like me, and so, like, I rebuilt against the Catholic Church, and I was away from it for 30 years, but I was married to a man that was um, a Christian, and he, he was, he knew the Bible, so I've been, like, along the lines all the way, and uh, and so how I spread my, what I, I'm like a, an old hippie, and so I I just meet people along the way and um, share the the joy that I have inside from, um, you know, the Christian joy that I have inside with them and help others. I worked at the Salvation Army, and I want to work at the Salvation Army. My sister won't let me go there because of the pandemic, but as soon as it's over, that's where I spend my time is, is helping them at the Salvation Army. 
thanks, Sue. Uh, I, I think there, there's a whole lot, a whole lot there, and 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 I'm glad that you're you're, you're back. You know, a revert, as they love to say. Uh, after I think you said 30 years away, that that must be a really exciting thing to be to be back. And and then, you know, it's it's uh, just a nice thing to say. You know what? There there's there's just stuff you want to do. Of like, you know, I, w- I want to go help out uh, the poor, or I want to I want to help out. And this is you know, with the pandemic, it it, it can be difficult. Uh, but you know, I, I'm just glad to hear that that you know, in spite of obstacles. Uh, you're, you're back uh, in the church and, and back at, at helping out other people as best you can and when you can. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call, Sue. And uh, let's try Linda again. Hi, Linda. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Absolutely. All right. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Oh, thank you so, so much. So I wanted to kind of piggyback on the last caller's comment about joy. Um and that'll be my little segue into uh, the evangelism part of my story. So very briefly, I, I was a cradle Catholic and went to Catholic schools uh, through my grandmother and uh, through high school, and then something just happened. <clears throat> Only, you know, God is certainly always in charge of all things. But, um, and I moved away from the Catholic faith uh, until recently, where I realized I hadn't made my confirmation and, and, you know, God used a few people in my life, obviously, to, to get me back into the church. And I thought, you know, I really felt this draw to receive the sacrament of confirmation. That was the um, only sacrament I had not received. And so I attended my RCIA classes um, and have just been confirmed um, on Easter. And it was uh, Easter Vigil was the most wonderful um, day I think I've had in recent memory, for sure. Um, and um, I have rediscovered uh, the joy of not only my faith, but my Catholic faith. I I don't think I ever prayed the rosary in my life, and I am so in love with our mother and the rosary, and I prayer and the church, and I'm, I'm overjoyed um, to be a part of, of this beautiful institution that, that God has created. And um, what I've always tried to do before and not been able to do, and that is to witness, because I think I've always had a very, very strong faith, um, spiritually, uh, belief, I guess I should say, um, and I've not been able to before, but Suddenly, um, I have a very, very good friend that is Hindu, um, whom I was actually able to witness to, um, not only uh, about the love of Christ, that love that Christ has for her, but also the Catholic faith. And then my father, who is 93, um, who has never really gone to church. And um, I, I, I don't know. It just seemed to roll off. I just seemed to know the time. I just seemed to know when to do it, and um, it seemed so natural. Um, my father has been struggling with some parts of his life uh, that have not gone well for him, and there's a lot of guilt and shame there. So um, the Lord used that as a segue for him. And then my Hindu friend is filled with fear, all kinds of fears, and um, 
so the Lord used that. And I recognize both of those parts of both of those people very, very well, because those are struggles that he has had to bring me through. And um, I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy to share with you because I'm, and, and everyone that I'm just so excited um, about what God has done for me in my life and within the church. And uh, I, I'm just in love with it, <laughs> with him and with the church. Linda, that, that's, this, this is really, really touching. And, and it's, it's, you know, your excitement is, is contagious, I, I might say, of when you were talking about uh, even just the joy of the Catholic faith and just recognizing, hey, you know what, the rosary, it's not this this tedious 15 minutes of, oh, my gosh, another Hail Mary, goodness sakes. It's it's exciting. It's it's a joy. And, and like it, it's something that we really can uh, get others excited about, too. And, and I, I think it's really profound that that you said, hey, I need to come back and get my final sacrament of initiation at confirmation. And so congratulations to you of just recently being confirmed. And, and, and I hope that, that you're, you're okay with, with me saying I, I'll be praying. And I imagine everyone out there listening will be praying for your father as well with these rough things he's going through. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm really also excited and encouraged because if this is a glimpse um, of of what is to come, I'm I'm just excited to wait for it and just to see. And that rosary, by the way, I'm just is is so magnetizing for me. And I do pray the mysteries um, each day. And um, there's there's something profound there. Um, and and I I want to say too, if I may, I've had trouble with forgiveness. Uh, my parents and um, many, just many people in my life, and that's been a struggle that, that I've had to go through, too. But the rosary, our mother, I, I can't express enough um, how our, our mother, uh, Mary, has um, transformed my heart in that respect and just softened me in ways I just never, ever ex- expected. So, but thank you I, very I much. That's... Well, thank you, Linda, and I think that's big. And since we are talking about witnessing uh, on this hour, I, I think forgiveness is a giant witness that that Christians can offer. I mean, I, I think uh, every uh, Palm Sunday and every Good Friday of how remarkable it is that as as Christ is having nails driven through his feet and hands, he's praying, Father, forgive them. You know, and and for us too as Christians, what a huge witness it is uh, to be able to forgive others, uh, and because we have a, a bigger reason for hope. And, and as Christ said, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That forgiveness that you might be offering to your parents or any of us might be offering to anyone in our lives that that's a huge witness on its own. Thanks for calling in, Linda, and thanks for listening to The Inner Life. And uh, we've only got a couple minutes left here in the hour, but let's try and get Dave in. Dave is listening to us in Dallas, Texas. Hi, Dave. Welcome to The Inner Life today. How you doing? Hey, um, I found that uh, when you're faced with challenges in your life, that's the best time to uh, to evangelize. Uh, I was uh, 
going in for an MRI and talking to the nurse, uh, I said that uh, the way I get through it, she wanted to know if I was claustrophobic. And I actually had several MRIs. And the way I get through it is I say a, a, say a rosary. And it's almost the exact amount of time that it takes to say a rosary as to go through the MRI. And she said uh, she had left the church over the uh, uh, abuse scandal. And uh, I told her that uh, you shouldn't leave Jesus because one of his followers betrayed him. Uh, that's exactly the wrong, <laughs> wrong reaction. And she actually responded very well. I, I believe she came back to the church because of that. And it's just the willingness to, to uh, speak up and just very calmly say what, uh, what your faith is. Don't have to make a big deal out of it or get preachy just to show that you're accepting what the Lord has given you and, and uh, it will affect people. Dave, that, that's I, I love that, and, and I, I love just the the comfortability with, with the faith. When we're so comfortable with the faith, you know, we can bring it up in, in just simple conversations like that. I mean, I, I think of when you're comfortable with any particular friend, you have no problem calling that friend, or perhaps texting that friend, or or even in quiet moments, it's not awkward with that friend. And, and when, as you're with the rosary, so just comfortable with the rosary, so comfortable with being part of the faith, that it's just what you do all day, every day, then it's so easy. It's much easier to bring it up in these conversations that, that might have had a profound, profound impact on this, on this nurse that, you're talk, that you were talking with. Thank you for sharing that story. I think that just being comfortable with the faith is a huge foundation to be able to share it with others. And Father, as we're down to just our last minute or so here, it also makes me think you have to be engaged in your faith. You can't share something if you don't have that in your own life. You know, I I would never want to try and talk to somebody about, um, you know, physics. That's not an area that I know well. So why would I try and convince somebody that physics is the most amazing science out there? It might be, but I, I don't know enough to, to converse on it. So we have to have that ability to share something that we know in our own lives. Absolutely. It's, it's a famous principle in, in both uh, English and continental law that you, you cannot give what you yourself do not have or you do not own. Yeah, so if, if we're not practicing the faith, if we're not trying our best to get comfortable with the faith, uh, we're not going to be able to pass it on to others. And, and I think that's one of the things that, that might be tripping a lot of people up is that if we're not, if we're not diving into the faith on our own time outside of Mass on Sunday, uh, it might be hard, really hard for us to help others dive in as well. Well, we're just about out of time here, and uh, sorry to those of you who called in and we weren't able to get you on the air. But Father Jeremy, as we're down to our last 30 seconds here, can I ask you for a blessing for all of our listeners? Absolutely. Lord Jesus Christ, who created the material world and called it good, send your Holy Spirit to be near to us always, to give us the courage, the bravery, and the strength to tell that you are the reason for our hope, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Father Jeremy Plouffe. He's a priest in the Diocese of St. Cloud. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your experiences. And if you missed any part of the show, again, you can go back and listen to it, as always, on the podcast. You can find that at RelevantRadio.com or through the Relevant Radio app. Stay tuned. We have 
Holy Mass, which is coming up next. Father Rocky is the celebrant. And then it's the Faith Explained right after that. We'll look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow. And just like you heard, uh, make sure you pray that rosary. It's going to change your life and you'll change the world.